Hello, hello, hello. Hi there. We're the Radical Remnant. Everyone, anyone, one God. Welcome to our podcast channel. Today, we bring you a playback of Sunday's Charge Up. We hope that you listen with your spirit and are blessed. But I, there's a, there's a very single-minded part of me that fully understands that the conversation about transformation is not to be rushed. And I know that many of us want to move to the next thing. Like, okay, now what, right? But it is very imperative that before you move to the next thing, you have understood the thing that came before it. Because it is like that subject that we all love with all our hearts, math. If you didn't understand it, everything that we see moving on in life, everything the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you, add on to you, will just be further math. How many people did further math, like additional math, further math? Were you ever in the class and they were talking and you were just like, maybe I should look into a future in, you know, like, Maybe I should be a nail technician because clearly I took it all wrong. And this is not, you know, crapping on nail technicians because hello, look at my nails. I love them. But, you know, for many of us, our parents picked our subjects in senior secondary school and we found ourselves in classes or many of us said, I'm going to be a doctor. And then, you know, you... We're told to dissect a frog. If you're a Nigerian student, it was usually frog because you couldn't find another reptile. And then you saw blood and said, no, 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 no. Maybe I should be an accountant. Or maybe you said you're going to be an accountant and then you saw debit credit, but then there were other columns and you were like, ah, should be debit and credit is all we're doing. What are these other columns? But there's always a stage that you realize maybe they had a conversation three weeks ago, you didn't understand. And maybe you were talking in class or maybe you were not talking, but they didn't explain it properly and you were too shy to say, I don't get. And if you, again, if it was a Nigerian math teacher that just thought you should get, you would have just continued talking to the board. And there you would have been thinking, guy, I left you like five weeks ago. I don't know why there's now a D beside X and a D beside Y. I was still trying to conceptualize X and Y. How are there extra letters in this formula? And they left you behind and then it just got worse. As they say on social media, it got worse and worse. And you found yourself in exam. Guys, can I tell you a secret? Today's my sister's birthday and she may pop in at any moment. And if she hears me telling you guys this story, she'll know I really love and trust you guys. So when I was in school, um, not so long ago because you know I'm a fresh young chick hallelujah somebody my dad picked my subjects and that's why I'm talking like this he picked my subjects god bless the guy he loves me to bits picked my subjects he had high hopes in terms of this is the one who's going to be the medical doctor the rest failed me this one I have hopes for she started talking at the at the month at the eighth month started working when she was nine months this is the winner we're going to put all our head and investment inside this one <laughs> and she started singing L-M-A-O. anyway and in like the first three months I was just like this in all my classes 
I kid you not, I'm like, chemistry, physics, further math, what's happening? And my first further math exam, I just sat there with my late friend, Laradoran. We just sat in there and I thought, I don't understand. Yes, chemistry, all what demonic, you know? I was just like, what is, what are they saying? And I got seven over 70. I will never forget the exam, seven over 70. I'm not lying to you guys, seven over 70. I can never forget this grade as long as I live. And you know what I did with the exam script? There's this big gaping gutter in QC. It's like, if you fall inside, your life is over kind of gutter, right? As I just saw the script, I laughed. I flung the script inside the gutter. I moved to my teacher and I said, so clearly we got this all wrong and we have to recalibrate. And I picked my subjects. And from then, because I was interested, I got it right. Now, this whole long story about subjects and maths and the Y, the X and all that is to say this. I know that over the last three weeks, I have thrown a lot at you. And I want to make sure you understand because everything else will be like spiritual further maths. It'll be like spiritual chemistry in the context of this example that I just gave you. Those are subjects you don't like. If there are subjects you like, then hey, maybe I'm saying nonsense. But it is imperative that you understand the basic concepts of transformation. First thing is first. When you give your life to Christ, your spirit becomes what? Anybody, 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 anybody. This is how I know if I'm talking to myself. When you give your life, thank you. It becomes new, perfect. Thank you very much. And this is what becoming born again means, right? For many of us, it was about escaping hell, fear, this and that, the devil, and while all that is great and all that is true, you gave your life to Christ and your spirit became new. Your spirit became perfect. Unfortunately, unfortunately, each human being is made out of spirit, what and what? Anybody? 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 spirit body and soul right and yeah. we said you are a what spirit. spirit you are a spirit you possess a body no soul, soul. and you live in a body. body so we're going to repeat that you are a spirit you possess spirit. a soul you live in a body right and when you become born again your spirit is made perfect your spirit is made new you have a new identity in christ unfortunately the body and soul are still of the old old man old man and therefore need transformation and this therein is where we all have had cyclical struggles, cyclical addictions, giving your life to Christ, you're dedicating it, 
wondering where you went wrong, making plans, having goals, doing all these things, putting it in your journal, but then just finding that it's not working out. Now, to stream that down, to take it into, to strip it down, we understand that in, the, in looking at the body and the soul, the soul is your thinker, your feeler and your chooser. The soul is your thinker, your feeler and your what? Chooser. Meaning that you're making choices, your emotions, all of that is coming from there. And so when we, when we have this conversation about why, is, why are things just not working? Why are things not just not clicking? Why is it that I'm struggling in this area or this area? Why is it that, you know, try as I might, fast as I might, these areas still have issues. It is rooted in the foundation of not believing right. Do you understand this thus far? I need to make sure that we are all on the same page. I don't want to leave anyone behind. Okay, now, one of the many important things that we mentioned in the last three weeks was that for many of us, we just don't believe right, okay? We do, we try to do right. As, as long as you are here, you are trying to do right. You could be doing any other thing, right? You, we try to do right. Many of us write plans down. We try, we try, we try, we try, but sometimes it just doesn't go well, right? For many of us, it is even hard for us to accept some of these things because our lives are rooted in people telling us things that maybe they meant, you know, to mean they meant well, but it didn't do well for our spirits. It didn't do well for our souls. It didn't do well for our bodies. Do you get what I mean? So for example, if you grew up in a home where you were put down, it would be very difficult for you to conceptualize grace. And one of the things we talked about was the fact that when we were pre-Jesus, we were living according to the, anybody? This, this no. is like a funky pop, pop. according to pre-Jesus, to the what? Law. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. To the law. But Jesus came and we believed through what? Grace. Yes, we believed through grace. We are saved through grace. And we have to accept grace. This is where all of us as Christians struggle, unless you're lying. Because we were, it just doesn't make any logical sense. You know, even by virtue of the financial system, if you live in, in England or in the States, there's something called cashback. You know, everything is reward-based. You do something, you get something back, right? relationships are messed up because everything is based on what you do. So most of us are used to transactional relationships. Even in terms of parenting, we have issues. Why? Because parents will say, if you get an A, then this will happen. And while that may hold water, while that there may be some logic to it, sometimes what it does is it translates to us that I am not valuable. I have no value outside of those grades. Friends sometimes do the same thing. And that is why there are cliques and things like that that people try to belong in. Because if you look like this, you have these kinds of followers, you have this kind of image. And now it's even worse because, you know, they they a billion um, social media platforms. So, you know, everybody's trying to meet up on different levels. And so you need to do all these things. And there's all this pressure. You need to deliver on these things. And you wonder why you're anxious. All these things are transactional. 
the reason why many marriages don't live up to, you know, <laughs> they don't even live. The divorce rate now is ridiculous. It's not even one in two people. Most times now it's two in two people. I, I just literally left somebody who was telling me some people chose not to divorce that like the conversation gave me migraine some people chose not to divorce so they are cohabiting but they decided they'll cohabit but then she i just left her with her boyfriend like the conversation was just making my like you know how nigerians would say my head is paining me exactly telling you i did my head like this i did like this but the information it didn't compute so i said you know what that was my cue that it's time for charge up let me get up because everything is and the screw is just continuing the r is just going so what then do you you on this conversation what do you have to look up to many of you are watching my generation fail you're watching my generation not love our bodies you're watching all of us tell you it's okay if that works for you then that's fine, living your truth. What kind of stinking lies are we telling ourselves? What is your own truth? Are you Jesus? The Bible says he's the truth, the way, and the life. How did you start owning your own truth? Who are you that you create? No, so Lami has her own truth. Faith has her own truth. If I, I'm just living my truth. That's the beginning to the problem. Because that means you now start to create your own version of what love should look like. Your own version of what life should be. And you will fall flat on your face because you didn't create yourself. It is the I am that I am, the creator of heaven and earth that has the only right, the only one that has the right to say truth. I am the truth, my truth. The rest of us should follow in that. And the Bible says for you will know the truth and the truth will do what? You said if we... But most of us don't know the truth. Most of us are believing wrong. And because we don't know the truth, we are believing my truth, our truth, their truth. And we are wondering why we are not free. You see, the Bible is like a math equation. And I keep saying to you guys every week, for someone who didn't like math, I see everything sometimes as a mathematical equation. You will know the truth. The truth will do what sets you free. Meaning if you don't know the truth, you will be what? In bondage. And we're all wondering, yeah, we're all wondering why now everybody is in bondage, in prison, under or you know, dealing with all kinds of machinations of demonic wahala. But we can't talk about these things now because guess what? We don't want to look like we're politically incorrect. We don't want to look like we're insensitive. So we, the Christians who are supposed to be the noisy multitude, we, the Christians who are supposed to be bold, courageous, sure, not double-minded, we are the ones who are stammering on the truth. The people who are living on their truth are speaking in co with confidence. So you see this conversation about transformation is extremely important because it's not going to be just me. It's not going to be just Ife or just um, Abigail. Every single one of us has a ripple effect that is attached to us fulfilling purpose. And we cannot fulfill purpose if we are living in a double-minded way because the Bible says a double-minded man is what? Unstable in all, not some, not a few, all his ways. And this is what we've been doing. We've been double-minded, whether you want to accept it or not. That's why you believe one week, you don't believe one week. You're good one week, you're not good another week. You trust one week, you don't trust the next week. You have faith one week, the next week your faith is shaken. The Bible says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. So many of us are unstable. And it is imperative that we understand the foundation of all what I'm saying, 
like really understand it, really sit with it, reflect, meditate upon it day and night, because that is where real transformation happens. Are you still with me? So we've been talking and introducing the concept of transformation. And the biggest thing there if, is, is that, like I said, most important thing you ever do in your life is give your life to Christ, be born again. Most important thing you will do being born again is to believe right, to, be, to, to, be, to become transformed. If you become born again, you are not transformed. The only thing you've done is secure your place in heaven. The end of story, you are not going to be impactful as a human being. And even if you are impactful, you will not be as impactful as you really could be. Because the Bible says that you and I were a city set upon a hill. But most of us, we are living our lives in secret. That's, that wasn't God's plan. That wasn't God's plan. God's plan wasn't for the influencers to influence and for you and I to be influenced by influencers who do not know the truth. That was not God's plan. And God's plan from the very beginning for the radical remnant, I repeat, was that each person here will be part of a noisy multitude. But you can't make noise if you don't know what you're supposed to be saying, if you don't know who you are. Do you understand that? And so it is imperative that we understand these building blocks and we become passionate enough about transformation that you almost begin to look like a mad person because that is when I think we will start to know that, all right, I'm making a difference. You see, if you are not, if they've not started persecuting you, if you don't start causing trouble, then are you really doing anything? Bible says, blessed are you when they persecute me for, when they persecute you for my sake. If you've not, if you've not started, you want to be like Jesus, huh? was Jesus not a troublemaker? Do you understand? Whose feathers did you ruffle lately in talking about Christ? It's not about the quotes, and quotes are nice, it's cute, it's cute to put, scripture up you know those are cute but why are we not talking about the difficult things why are we not talking about mental health why are we not talking about sexuality because we too we don't know unless we want to lie we too we are double-minded maybe if not but yeah so let me just be quiet before it looks as if and because most of us on this call we're african we come from the school of thought of i don't want to look as if we were raised with that. A lot of the things we do are bent on that because we make the places we visit when we go for Christmas, everything is, you know, most of our family members go for all these Owambes and things because if we don't want it to look as if, and you know what I said to my husband, somebody has to break this curse of Asher B madness, Owambe madness. And this is just an example. This is not to say people who do that are bad people, please do not misquote me. But my thing is, if everybody's going to that thing so it won't look as if, then that's not a good reason for me to do anything. I'd rather be home twiddling my thumbs, picking my navel, whatever, and I'll be happy there. But why should we gather ourselves so it will not look as if? Why should we wear this so it won't look as if? Why shouldn't we do this so that this person will not? No, 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 no. What is God's opinion on it? The reason why many of us also don't know God's opinion on these things is because we don't really know God. And the whole point of transformation is that personal relationship with Christ. You know, when you give your life, they say, you are welcome to a new da-da-da-da-da. You have now started a personal relationship with Christ. Ha, 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 ha. Many of us don't have personal relationship with Christ. Many of us are borrowing other people's relationships. 
And what God wants to say to Tenny, what God wants to say to Mega, my assignment and Mega's assignment, they're not the same thing. So in, so in many places, there can be alignment, but we ain't twins. And even if we were twins, it would still be different. That's why God made everybody one by one by one by one because he's a genius. Do you understand what it means to make 60 billion, whatever, whatever people, and each person is different, different DNA, blah, 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 blah. So please take this, this conversation about transformation. Take it personally. Don't take it as, I need to understand this so I can tell this person. Take it first to understand for yourself because the, the true virtue of you understanding something is that you can explain it to somebody else. You can impact somebody else by virtue of your understanding. Are you with me? So today, anybody knows what today's title is? It's gonna be rather quick. The main, the main meat of it I've said. So anybody title, Tenny will be cheating now because he's the first person who hears it. Nervous <laughs> and what? Illusion. So what do we do? Just tell me what, 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 what is the function of a mirror? Anybody? There's no wrong answer, so. Like look at your face. Look at your face. Good. See your reflection. Good. Anybody else? There's no answer I'm looking for, but I'm sure there's more than two reasons to have a mirror. Check your outfit. Check your outfit. Check what you look like, right? To deceive. That's dope. That's deep. To see yourself. Very good right or to even show somebody so you see yourself you show somebody else something right you look at yourself so maybe something is on someone's nose and you're like you know what look at the mirror so you can see it because I, I can't help you you can't help yourself right now the bible says and and let, let's get into the word for a quick second right ephesians 4 verse 24 says and put on the new self the regenerated renewed nature created in god's image godlike right in the righteousness and holiness of truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. Let me summarize that. Put on the new self, the transformed you, right? The born again you, or the transforming you, the born again you. Put on the new self, your new spirit. Put it on because you are what created in God's image, your God-like, and in the righteousness and holiness of truth. And we all said, who is the truth? Jesus. So you are created in the holiness of Jesus. You are created in the likeness of Jesus, right? Let's do like, uh, you know, when that sound that DJs make, very poor attempt planning. Um, Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We've heard that scripture before. Sunday school, church, wherever. God created man in his own image. And many of us would even have, may even have heard um, people preach about you're a child of God, sonship. I went somewhere or someone preached something about, you know, you're like a little God. So you know how um, you are a representation of your, your parents, for example. You, do, you know, you hear about how you look like your dad or you look like your mom. Or in some cases, ah, sometimes you look like your dad, sometimes you look like your mom. So we'd have had all kinds of different spins on this conversation about image, right? 
do me a favor. Whatever you heard, just put it aside. Try not to go back to that file. I said put it aside, I didn't say put it away. Just put it aside. And let's just work with conversation, okay? If something is created in the image of something, it means it looks like, right? That thing, so the person had that thing in mind. So for example, um, I don't know if you've ever seen like a knockoff of a designer bag, for example, right? They had that image of the original and then they made what would be determined as the knockoff. The reason why you would know it's the knockoff is because there will just be some things that are missing, you know, maybe a B, Gucci, Gucci, different, Rishi, Rishi, hallelujah. I should send you guys a picture when we're done with this. God forgive me. Okay. Um, and so those knockoffs, try as they might, will never ever be the original version. I strongly believe that one of the greatest tricks the enemy ever played was the knockoff version of Christianity. And please pay attention right now. This is not Lamy talking. This is Holy Spirit dialogue. I strongly, because what I, I'm not even looking at my notes. So just please pay attention. You see, there's a version of Christianity that is almost good enough. There's a version of Christianity that passes the bar, that passes particularly what people are looking for, what people are looking at, what people are paying attention to. There's that version of reality. And all of us have once in a while or often played that role. This is what I'm supposed to look like, sound like, be like. And many times when people become Christians, new Christians, one of the things that they do mistakenly is start to behave, sound, act like they think they're supposed to be. And forget that, thank you, it is well. And forget that they were created in the image of God already. Are you with me? This, this was already done. This is not like um, after the fact. You were created in the image of God. It's not whether you were born again, you were not born. Do you understand? You were created in the image of God. It was, it was there in the time of Adam. This, one, this wasn't said. It wasn't new. It didn't come after Jesus. So you were everybody was created in the image of God. Of course, now the conversation about the soul and the body at the parts with the question mark. Do you understand? But in terms of what was God's intention when he created you, you were created in the image of God. Do you get? Now, using the bag analogy, um, if I make an original Versace, if Versace makes a bag, Versace made the bag. He made it with a stamp of approval. He put everything there that, auth that, that authenticates it as a Versace bag. Now, if I then take the bag and then I make it nonsense, which I sometimes do, I don't take care of my stuff sometimes, case in point. So let's use this as an example, right? So the contents of my bag, my bag is always shabby. I don't take care of it. I don't really, I'm not one of those people that, you know, when I finish using the bag, I put it inside the bag case, you know, all the things that, you know, very put together people do. I don't do that. So imagine that this is us created in the image of, this is Versace. So, okay, now 
how I use the bag, what I do with the bag is a completely different thing. Are you with me? And this is where many of us sometimes may get it wrong. It, nothing will change the fact that this bag is authentic. Now, if I now don't have confidence and I carry it around like a knockoff, different conversation, do you understand what I'm saying? And many, many, many times, what happens is that when we become Christians, imagine this is a knockoff version of this, right? So when we become Christians, instead of us remembering that we are authentic, we swap out for the inauthentic knockoff version of ourselves because we have a mindset of how we're supposed to look. Are you with me still? And because the soul is, is, for lack of a better phrase, messed up, the thinker, the feeler, the chooser, where we make our decisions, you know, by the world, by environment, by influence, by family, generational patterns, blah, 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 influencers influencing, social media, whatever the case, you know, experiences, good, bad, ugly, whatever. Because the soul is impacted by this, after a while, it becomes like me putting this bag in the rain, in the sleet, in the snow. It starts to look battered, do you get? You know, the arm may cut, the leather may, you know, be jaga jaga, all kinds of things to just be doing the bag. And then the bag now stops to look, emphasis look like it is authentic. But if it stops looking like it is authentic, does it mean it is not authentic? No, it remains authentic. So I want us to look at that and put it beside the conversation that we're having about transformation. When you give your life to Christ, and many of us who were in the reflective session on Thursday, it was really nice, I, I hope it added value. Many of us who were in that reflective session, part of the challenge that we have is aligning the old with the new. We keep trying to bring that old one along on the new journey because the old one tells us that you, it doesn't look authentic. So you need a new bag, just go and buy a new bag. You don't need to, many of, and that's why many of us go to church looking for goosebump, what I call goosebump experiences. We, we want, you know, the hair on our skin to be raised. We want, you know, to feel, ah, okay, you know, and, and there's room and space for that. That happens authentically sometimes. But sometimes when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, it's as simple as sometimes look, Onto you praying and saying thank you God and getting on with your day. Sometimes you will not feel the earth shattering and many things going on. You will not feel the need to speak in tongues. Those things may not happen, but it does not mean God did not impact your life. Now, as many of us are moving into this, as we move into the season of transformation, I want us to look at ourselves in the spiritual mirror. You see, if God created you in his image, the fact of the matter remains that when you, when God looks in the quotes, for lack of a better phrase, the spiritual mirror, what he sees is new, what he sees is perfect. When you give your life to Christ, what God sees is new, what God sees is perfect. The part that needs to be worked on, how you think, how you choose, how you feel, that is work in progress. And that does not inauthenticate the bag it doesn't make mean that the bag is now a knockoff do you understand so you need to stop looking at yourself like a knockoff for many of us 
that is going to involve a lot of work. You know, I said in the last three weeks, there's going to be a lot of work that each of us will need to do. There's going to be, we say, we, we, you know, the, the, the word on learning has become like a buzzword, but I really don't want us to treat it as thus. You're going to have to, to deal with yourself like a new creature created in the image of God in the process of transformation. And you're going to need to be honest and patient with that process. Because that's why I said, I don't want us to come to the charge-ups in the future trying to take boxes off. How many hours did I pray? How much of my Bible did I read? How did I look in church today? Did I raise up my hands when everybody raised up their hands? Did I speak in tongues when other people? All that is nonsense competition. If God created you and I in his image, my thinking is that he knew what he was doing. There's no creator like God. He's the I am that I am. So it's either we, again, like I said last week, want to be in the law or we want to be under grace. Under grace should give you some peace. It should give you peace that there is nothing you can do, be, become, that will change the dialogue about grace upon your life. You've given your life to Christ, it's done, you're under grace. Do you understand? You're under grace, you're perfect, your spirit is perfect, you're heaven bound, all is well with your spirit. Are you then willing to, through grace, through grace, emphasis in bold, underlined, through grace, do the work that is needed to experience transformation in your mind, i.e. in your soul and in your body. Do you understand? So I'm gonna go back. Remember I said, you are spirit. Your identity is spirit. You possess a soul. You live in a body. Meaning you are not your body. You are not your soul. You are spirit. You possess a soul. You don't possess a spirit. You possess a soul. You are spirit. Meaning that you are, if you are not your soul, you are not your feelings. You are not, your, many, this is going to be controversial. You are not your choices. Because many of us think that God looks at us according to our misbehaving. And so we spend such a long time in a pity party, wallowing in that. And this is not to say, just go ahead, saying, be anyhow, blah, 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 blah. And don't be um, regretful of wrong choices. But don't wallow in the regret and the self-pity of that wrong choice, because you already dealt a funny choice with living in this flesh, right? You will never, your body will never be perfect. Your soul, I'm sorry, will never be perfect. It will always be work in progress. Do you understand? So in the concept of why I said, what is a mirror usually used for? Is that for many of us, when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we see our reflection, which is what your body looks like. When God looks at us in the spirit, he sees your spirit. For many of us, we don't even like mirrors. In, in, 20, in year 2020, the mirror has become a problem. It's a source of deep, deep, deep problems, unless all of us want to lie. 
there are things, there are phrases like body, body dysmorphia now, right? And, and they're not invalidated. These are real problems people have. 90% of the world, if not more, looks at the mirror and only sees the things that are wrong. Yes or no? Primarily women. I don't, I'm not really sure why this, this is just, I'm just giving scientific data. I'm throwing it at you. So you would, for women, maybe because, sorry to be a bit unnecessarily graphic, but for women, maybe because we have more body parts to analyze. So in any conversation where women are, you hear, oh, my, I wish I had bigger boobs. I wish I had smaller. Everybody wants something different. Oh, my, my body is flat. Oh no, I wish I was slimmer. You will always hear those conversations. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, you, you, you're even lucky your head is long. No, my, my own head is round. There's always that, do we not all do it? Everyone does it. So when you, when you think about imagery, that's the first place I think we all need to work on over the next week is if you were created in the image of God, how do you see yourself? Now that you are born again, now that you have the revelation about transformation, you have the revelation about grace, how do you see yourself? Remember I said that believing right will be instrumental to your identity. Believing wrongly will be instrumental to your identity. So if you believe and you stay under the law or you are double-minded, some days grace, some days law, some days Jesus came to die for me. Some days I'm walking for my salvation, depending on how you are looking at it, different days. Some days you are assistant Jesus. You need to help Jesus a little bit because it's like Jesus is not moving fast or you need to help Jesus forgive you. You need to help Jesus love you. So you now need to act a certain way. You start doing different things to earn grace, to earn love, not understanding that you are even insulting Jesus because you are saying what he did on the cross was not enough and he really suffered on the cross. So there's nothing any one of us can do. How many of us, how many hours do you want to praise? How many hours do you want to fast and pray? And what do you, what do you really want to do that we even maybe even be remotely close to what the uh, apostles did? Where do you want to start? So you need to now start asking yourself, how do I even see myself? And look beyond your face. Look beyond the shape of your head, the shape of your body, your skin tone. Look beyond those things. How do I really see myself? How does God see me? and start to ask yourself questions in between. What went wrong there? Because for each person, the answers will, the things you come up with will be different. Who spoke into my life at this time and made me believe wrongly in this area? What did I watch? What, what was I paying attention to? Who are the people in my environment? And are they adding value to how God is identifying me, how God is is what God is calling me. You know, I said something maybe over a month ago when, in fact, maybe three months ago, I said, I will not make anybody make me what God hasn't made me. And it is so funny, people are asking me, how is it so easy for you to forgive? And I keep saying, you don't even understand. It's not about anybody, it's about me. I just like myself. I'm, you're not going to make me a bitter person. I'm, I was not that before. So it's not because you chose to have issues in your mind. I will now become bitter because it's me that is now left with that bitterness. I reject it. You're not going to make me a wicked person. You're not going to make me a vengeful person. You're not going to make me 
somebody who is going about gossip. You're not just going to meet me that person. So it is an active intentionality. There's an active intentionality when it comes to identity. It has to be active. It has to be active, not just in you saying it, because I hear the word affirmations a lot. But if you affirm something, but you don't believe, right? You are just opening your mouth and talking, you are babbling. If you affirm something and you don't believe, right? You are just talking, you are talking, 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 and you're like an empty, you know, what's the thing in the Bible? Empty, is this symbol? I don't even remember. We don't want to be those Christians. We don't want to be the Christians that people are looking at and saying, and it's not about, so everybody got it wrong. They thought, how can TPO say he's a Christian? And we saw him in the club yesterday. That's not it. Do you understand? How can TPO say he's a Christian and he doesn't love himself is a bigger question. How can TPO say he's a Christian and he doesn't accept grace? How can TPO say he's a Christian and he's not impactful, he's not loving, he's not kind? Those are the bigger things. But we started to focus on that knockoff version of Christianity where it's about how you look. It's about, you know, whether you're just like Christian mother, Mary Amaka, then yeah, she must be a Christian. She must be a Christian. Look at that hair. She must be a Christian. She must be a Christian. She knows all the lyrics to Maverick City. She must be a Christian. Putting up those quotes. Mm-mm-mm. Putting up those, that quote was badass affair. You know, deep, 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 you know love, all love, one love. But we don't know what Ife's life is, but Ife looks like it. She volunteers in church. She speaks the Christianese. You know, when she's ill, she says, I'm strong. She says all those things. And so we're all like, yeah, kudos Ife. But has Ife accepted grace or is Ife working for grace, thereby insulting salvation? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? It is imperative that we start to have honest conversations. We start to ask ourselves hard questions. Even when we don't have the answer, it is better we start to have those conversations. But I think that a lot of times when Jesus was speaking in parables, it wasn't because he couldn't say yes or no, black or white. It was that sometimes have the conversation. So on your own, you are reasoning, you are thinking. When the Bible says, when God said, come, reason with me, let us reason. God wants that personal relationship. If any of you is close to your mom or dad or both, and you think of some conversations you have, your parents may not tell you do it this way or that way, but they will make you go and think so that whatever you now do, you understand the why behind it and you don't lose yourself in doing it. Unlike me, where I was, my subjects were chosen and I was lost getting seven over 70. If you missed that story, sorry, it was quite funny, I think. You know, getting that funny grade in further math. And, and you know, I could have told myself, ah, they're dumb, oh, Paolo, ah, seven over, sister, were you there? But guess what? From the second I got into that class, I said, this is not me. It wasn't my choice. There was no reasoning. God is saying, come, let us reason. He wants that, re you see, God, God thought about everything. If he created you in his image and then he sent his son to die for you, he thought about everything.
everything. He had everything in place. It's kind of like when you travel first class and you know they're thinking about everything and then you eat and then they give you those nice hot towels. And you're just like, yeah, they thought about how I would be feeling after I eat. They know I need to live soft. They are thinking about every step. Who thought about everything in your life? Every detail, every single detail. And I want to end on this. The other day, how did, you know, God speaks to me in really interesting ways. There's a picture of my first daughter, Olayade. And because um, I'm not at home, I didn't have time to like cue this up in, in um, like properly. I just want to show you guys the picture. And now how many of you have met my toddler? Okay, so you've met Lula, right? Now I want to show you a picture of Olayade and I, I want to explain something to you. Now, if you've met Lula, right? And you can see this picture. Can you see the picture? Does this not look like Lula? Does it not look like the same person? Okay, yeah. hold that thought. <clears throat> this is it. This is how God was explaining something to me. And I was like, ah, I get. Um, now, I'll try and look for, okay. This is Lula as a baby, right? I'm going to show you Lady as a baby in two seconds. And I'm their mom. A lot of times I have to look at the day the picture was taken to know the difference. Lady is not here, so she won't kill me yet. If she was here, she was just covering her face. It's the same person. And it occurred to me that when they were younger, both of them looked like their dad. Matter of fact, their daddy, they were daddy's girls. Lady was a full-on daddy's girl. She isn't now, she's more my person because God is fair. Lula is now a daddy's girl, but we are praying, fingers crossed, she'll cross over it, come to the, to the cooler side. In, if I look at them, there are times when I look at Olayode and I'm like, oh, so scary. Like there's another me in the world. This is what I joke with God. I'm like, I think it's really funny that you let a child raise another child. Well, it's okay. You know, let's, let's continue this experiment. You are great. You are God. You know, why you thought it was a good idea to make me responsible for human beings. Ha 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 ha. Even this in itself. The radical remnant is God having a good laugh and saying, yeah, you'll be, you'll be responsible for other people. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be influencing their lives and speaking to them every week. I look at Lydia and I'm like, there's so many things you do that are extremely lummy. Lydia being an introvert, like, God, it's scary. Like when Lydia, before Lula was born, Lydia and I would go on holiday and we would go nowhere. We were happy to be in the house, to eat, watch TV. And then just so that people won't judge us, we'll have some experiences. But it really wasn't about us. We were happy in the house. Lula, on the other hand, is like my husband. She goes out. She wants to be outside. She wants to see people. She wants to talk to people. People know her. There are people in like year six saying, hey, Lula, boys are healing Lula. She's in year one. I don't know about that. It's a prayer point in the future. God sees my heart. I don't have time for it now. We're going to table it and come back to that. But then 
one funny thing happens on Apple, and I think I've said this before. My phone thinks that Layode and I are the same person. I, I may have shown people this before. Now, let me blow your mind. Six years ago, I adopted somebody called Tekana. She's not on this call. Everywhere we go, people think we are sisters. Tekena behaves like me. It scares me. So even when, before she makes a mistake, I tell her, I say, you need to watch this. This is what you're going to do. And when she doesn't listen, she calls me to say, mama, I, I can't stand you because exactly what you said was going to happen. That's what I did. I didn't see it coming. Like there's this goof in these recent times that Tekena is still on unpacking. And she's like, I, I saw, I didn't know that I was going to be this way. And I'm like, yeah, because we are stupid. We are more stupid because we are wise. You know that really wise people are really foolish. When they are foolish, when they are false. Is there anybody here that suffers from epic wisdom? Like you're one of the people that people come to for advice all the time. But when you goof, your goof is like, whoa, that's me and Tekena, right? Now my phone thinks, Tekena is me. So my problem, my fear is that they'll steal my phone one day, spend all my money because face ID and everything. My phone thinks Tekena is my child. Now Tekena, my phone thinks Tekena is me. Now this thing about image is not just about, how will I explain it to you? It's not just about what you see. It's not just about the affirmations. It's about what you believe. Everywhere I go, they know I have three children. I don't care. Even Tekena's biological parents have released her. She's mine. Do you understand? I own her. She's my belonging. So I don't count. When I'm making decisions, I count three people. In our new apartment, I refuse to put pictures up because God said you don't have pictures with all your three children. So it's not just about how you are saying it, how cute it sounds. Like, oh, mom, oh, yeah. It's also about how the universe starts to align based on what you believe. So when people are doing positive motivational talks and they're saying, put it out there in the universe, they weren't the ones that came up with it. It was always God. Speak those things that be not as though they are. God is the only one with truth. Do you understand? So this conversation about image, if my phone is saying that my two children who are from two different fathers. And please, if you are just joining the call, please, I was not promiscuous. I have been faithful to my husband. What I mean is that Tekena is my adopted child from somewhere else before someone carries this recording. And then we are on Insta blog. Things can go from zero, zero to 100 very quickly when the enemy is involved. <laughs> Tenny is laughing. What if, the, if Apple can think that my two children from two different places are the same person? by virtue of image. And God says that all of us were created in his image. But we struggle to see ourselves like that. If I can look at my children and say, wow, I see myself in you. And if my children go out and are ashamed to say that they are my children, or second guessing it when I go and pick them up and they're like, who is that? And I'm not even sure. Sometimes she's my mom, sometimes there's problem. So this conversation about imagery and sonship, accepting 
your identity in Christ and accepting sonship. Please, that's why I say, put whatever you heard before today, just put it to the side for a second. Whatever now aligns after you start with yourself and talk to yourself and talk to God about it, keep. But don't come with the, don't bring the old into the new if it doesn't fit. Don't bring any knockoff version into your future because we have to get everything right as we are moving into transformation. What do you see when you look at the mirror? Do you understand the level of peace that comes with understanding that by grace I'm saved? There is nothing I can do more than what I am doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? God is not looking for me to like perform for him to like me. Do you get? So this anxiety that you experience, release it. Release it. I'm not saying it's automatic. Like just, you know, when you tell the Nigerian parents you are feeling depressed and they say, in Jesus' name, you are not depressed. Just pray about it. And then they take you to a pastor that will just push your head down and automatically they think what was doing you before is not doing you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that every time certain thoughts that don't fit into the image of God start to pop up, start to identify them as things that you need to release. Now the release may be, it may take a month, it may take three months, whatever the process is. But you need to be okay with saying, I am a child of grace, I'm not a child of the law. Do you get my point? Are you guys with me? Last thing I wanted to say to you is this. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Jesus Christ for good works, which, good, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There was a conversation that happened way before. And I think because we live in a world that is so scientific, a lot of us need evidence and faith becomes a challenge. Because we live in a microwave world, we live in a touchscreen world, we live in a face identification world, you know, um, and it, you guys were at least, most of you were born in the era of at least a CD, right? So at least you've seen technology evolve. Some of you were there when they were Blackberry phones, right? You've seen technology evolve and it's gotten quicker and quicker and quicker. And so therefore we've become less patient with the process. And so now, instead of you having a CD where you have to find the song and you don't want to overplay it because it will start to scratch. Anybody experience CD time or am I just archaic? You know, you do, if you're a music head like me, you will know about it. Where you play one song, you overplay it, it starts to scratch, there's problem for you. You are thinking about how much you spent of your pocket money because now you need to replace the CD. You need to go back to HMV and beg your parents. Yeah. So, because we now live in this Spotify, Apple Tunes, or as somebody said, yes, Apple Tunes. Somebody said Apple Tunes. That's what I wanted to say instead of iTunes. You know, YouTube world, everything you are looking for, Google world is there instantaneously. We don't understand that some things require process. And the example I'll give you is that there's certain things you can put in the microwave, there's certain things that you tell you need to be put in the oven because it needs to be well done. And at the beginning of this conversation, I said, every single thing we're learning, we can't leave anybody behind. I want to make sure that we all understand because God wants it to be well-cooked. This is not microwave stuff. This is not, you know, wham-bam, you know, preach it, just go, 
hey, all of us feel good. We take in the box. I did some stuff for Jesus today and you feel good about yourself. It's more the word was there for transformation, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So all what we're doing now is transformation. If you've missed it, the last three weeks, we had introduction to transformation. We are starting the transformation. This is the beginning of transformation. And we are saying that at the very root of it, your image of yourself as a child of God, your image of yourself as a child of grace, as a recipient of grace, your image of yourself as somebody who has left the law and is now under grace needs to be different, needs to be new, needs to be right. Your believing has to be right. Concept of illusion, is what most of us have been under. We look at the mirror and we have an illusion. Same thing that people who sell knockoffs or carry knockoffs are hoping for, is that the concept of illusion, you quickly see it and you think, ah, Gucci Mie, and they are hoping you won't look deeply to see that it is not. And many of us have been doing the knockoff version of Christianity, not understanding that we were created in his image. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed by that. For more wholesome, edifying content, and to learn more about us, please head over to our Instagram page, at The Radical Remnant. Also, join us live for Charge Up on Sunday. We've reserved a spot just for you. All the details can be found on our Instagram. Once again, we're The Radical Remnant. Everyone, anyone, one God.